Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. There's a polling organization called The Canvas from Punchbowl News where they anonymously survey senior Capitol Hill staffers, which supposedly have a better idea of what's going on than the rest of us do. I don't know. Yeah, I think they, they, they probably got their finger on the pulse. Will Republicans or Democrats win the House in 22? 78% of House staffers think Republicans will win the House. That's up 12% from the last survey in April. That's um, a pretty short putt, really. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but why did it go up 12% since April? I'm not exactly sure. 70% of Senate staffers think Dems will keep the Senate. That's up 4% since April. Hmm. So pretty solid in the House and Senate that it's going to be a... Quick, quick methodology quibble. Are they polling the same people, or is it a random sampling of senior I House staff? I don't know. Good, don't question. Okay. Good question. Yeah, and, and the Senate's a tricky one because you always have to look at the electoral map. It's only a third of the Senate Eddie, every two years. Sure. And so you have to see which seats are up because it's kind of a blind draw. Sometimes it's uh, wobbly seats. Sometimes it's almost entirely very red and very blue seats. Uh, about half of staffers say President Joe Biden's American Jobs Plan and American Families Plan will be coupled together in a reconciliation package and passed in a party-line vote. It's about half. Only 39% say a hard infrastructure bill will pass. And that's what Republicans are pushing, is just scaling it down to actual infrastructure. So, And then this one, this is their favorite from their recent survey. 87% of Republicans say Tucker Carlson is the most influential commentator for GOP aides. Almost 90% say wow. Tucker Carlson's the most influential. <laughs> Who's the most influential asking Democrats? Stacey Abrams. Huh. So those are your big swinging influencers right there for R's and D's. Tucker Carlson and Stacey Abrams. Feel your soul being crushed yet? That's Tucker right there. Does, is Stacey Abrams on the MSNBC? All the time. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. I don't tune over there. I, I punish myself by listening to CNN semi-frequently, but <laughs> not MSNBC. They're too chuggy for me, Jack. They're too what? He says in an effort to... Transition into this oh, okay. idiotical story. Okay. <laughs> idiotical. Uh, the, uh, what the terms Generation Z is using on TikTok. Oh, this no. will make your skin crawl. Every generation has its stupid, stupid jargon. And every generation thinks its stupid jargon is clever. I mean, and every generation thinks people who are older who don't know it are fools for not knowing it. I think it's keen. <laughs> it's the bee's knees. Yes, exactly. Uh, on the other hand, if you do enjoy language, you're an amateur linguist like myself. You just enjoy watching it evolve and I'm, how words are used. It's kind of interesting. I'm guessing that it's a necessary part of society so that you can signal to others that you're of a certain group. And in this right. particular uh, instance, it's a um, usually based around age for the most part, but not mm. entirely. Right. I think the fact that every single distinct generation develops its own would be a signal that yes humans just do this you know the cavemen the young cavemen were calling antelopes oof oofs or something you know so the elders wouldn't know what they're talking about you know anyway uh they make the point here in the insufferable usa today that uh, some of these terms are not new their origins are much older rooted in african-american vernacular english a-a-v-e okay. or black speech separate from standard english 
Uh, so here, here are some of your, uh, your terms you're going to see in the TikTok world among Generation Zers. Chugi describes millennials who are trying too hard to be trendy or in style. Did you see that older girl trying to do the TikTok dance? She's so chuggy. No. All right. So I'm probably chuggy. Oh, I, I don't see you trying many TikTok dances, though. No, probably not. I, I think no, it, but if you did, you would be. Yeah, I, I think you lack the effort to be trendy in order to be chuggy. You, I think you fit half of it, somebody not of the age demographic. But I don't think you're trying to keep up on the on the latest fashion trends. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're more like a grandpa doing the dance. It's cute. <laughs> you're non-threatening at this point. Sean, you're a millennial. Do you know any of these terms like no cap or capping? Uh, no cap means I'm telling the truth. Right, no I'm lies. not yeah. lying. Or if you say someone is capping, then you're saying they're lying. What, what, where does that come from? I don't know. Nah, yeah, yeah, the, the, the unknowable. Somewhere. <laughs> unknowable. <laughs> now, a bop. That one I've heard. My son listened to the, the latest Dead Flowers album, and he said, wow, that's really a bop. Nice job, Dad. I said, um, mm, is that good? <laughs> it's, it's, it's when a song or album is really good. Okay. Allegedly. Uh, drip is a cool, sexy, or trendy sense of style. Another way of saying swag. When someone has good drip, people will hype them up by having them do a drip check, which is showing off your outfit. Hey, my dude, you have some serious drip. Drip check. Yeah, if somebody mm. says nice drip, they're saying you you are dressed well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that, 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 uh, mm. bet is yes. Can be said to a question if somebody wants to, you want to go get some boba? Bet. No, you can't do that one. That one, I'll accept the others, but not that one. You what can't, you, you can't just what? change yes to bet. What do you mean you can't do that one? <laughs> that's, that's, that's not it's, allowed. It's, no, no, you're, Jack's right, Sean. You piped down. <laughs> you, you can't use one word when there's another word that's just fine. No, and yeah. And the second yeah. word means something already. Well, and this is, a, I don't know, yes and no are just a different category of words than let me check your drip. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Do you want to go to lunch? Bet. <laughs> bet what? What? How much? On what? what I don't understand the bet. I, well, I'm not taking you to lunch then. And the, here's one that says <laughs> it's, it's more a visual. It's D-E-D slash skull emoji. Dead. Like with a skull. That's like LOL. Something so funny it killed you. Okay. The emoji replaces the laughing emoji. That girl that does the seagull noises has me dead, Skull. Oh, let's see. Then Stan is a, a very big fan of someone famous. That's from uh, the yeah. Eminem song, correct? Yeah, yeah. borderline stockish. It's kind of, you can come, people kind of self identify Oh, no, I'm a Stan. I'm a super fan of this thing. Yeah. 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 Let me see. Uh, oh, I Y K Y K. If you know, you know. Mm hmm. Used to describe an inside joke or something a certain community would understand. I Y K Y K. Oh. Boy, there are a lot of them. This is too much work. They're all okay except for bet. You can't change the <laughs> word yes. They're that, not changing the word yes. The word yes still exists. That doesn't, you can't do that. Let's see. Oh, and we've heard this one living rent free. It's uh, can't stop think thinking about something. Also used as an insult when someone is upset about something. That song lives rent-free in my head. He hates LeBron James so much he lives rent-free inside his head. Well, that's uh, old, isn't it? That's not a new thing. Yeah, and like the rest of them, it's not terribly clever. The uh, rent you know, is too damn high. I didn't know it was rent-free, sir. 
Actually, it's kind of enjoyable to watch a movie like A Clockwork Orange, which is just dripping with the slang of hipster London late 60s uh, with droogs and the rest of it. But it's uh, it always sounds dumb if you're not a part of that uh, that group. But I always have a clever if you're in. So Keen and Nito weren't in on the list anywhere? <laughs> Apparently not. Nito. Old fella. No, you're very chuggy, and you're making me uh, very very sick here. Mm. Very uncomfortable. No cap. <laughs> I'm telling you, that makes me angry. Somebody's trying to change the word yes to something else. <laughs> it's good. It's good to take a stand on that. I sort want to of pass thing. a law about that. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you tired of gulping down the lying filth of the mainstream media? Yeah, we are too. We try to tell you the truth every single day. Gulping down lying filth. Wow. Nobody wants to sound dumb. Our goal is to help you not sound dumb. We'll inform you, and it'll be fun at the same time. You have to choose between entertainment and information. Combine them both with the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Four episodes available every day via the iHeartRadio app or wherever you download your podcasts. Mailbag. Oh, no. Wait. Sorry. Stop. Idiot. It's time for the freedom-loving quote of the day. Hey, I hear a fife and a drum. Is that one fife or multiple fives? That's a fife. Hmm. Not more than one. Not several fives. <laughs> Two fives? Would that be fives? Ah, <laughs> oh, da 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 da. How about a freedom-loving quote of the day from Nelson Mandela? To be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. Hmm. You mean I got obligations? That's right. Uh, Doesn't sound very freeing. Yeah. What? What is mailbag? You're free. Here's some things you have to do. What is that? No, mean? there's no whining about the freedom loving quote of the day. That's not part of it. You're just supposed to say, "Oh, ooh," and appreciate the wisdom. <laughs> oh, so many different topics. So interesting. Um, why didn't SNL get pushed back on the uh, the jokes Colin Jost and Michael Che wrote for each other that made each other look racist or whatever? Uh, ben writes, well, they don't get pushback because obviously they're on the left side of politics and the left side of mainstream media. We all know the same rules don't apply to people on the left. And I think, Ben, you have it's a simple truth. Remember, so much of the outrage is not outrage. It's a weapon. They, they understand there's somebody I would like to hurt. There's somebody I would like to take down. And if if you grant them some fake outrage, they'll use it as a weapon. But when somebody on their own side does exactly the same thing, they're not going to wield the weapon. And there's plenty of lefties that have been taken down by cancel culture, though. So, um... Yeah, depending. The Me Too stuff, yeah. But but making, like, inappropriate jokes? I don't know. Let's see. Aaron writes, marathons are dumb. We were talking about marathons. No, I got some good information on the... Uh, the barefooted monks in their marathons and things you learn by running a marathon every day in sandals. <laughs> Take a bus. Mm. That's one thing I learned. Yeah, yeah so you learn the value of bicycles. Might be some wisdom uh, we can all uh, take in. But he says, uh, we had a VP who loved to run marathons, and these three senior managers with their heads so far up as Keister, they joined in his misadventure for <laughs> brownie points, and they all ended up with knee surgeries. Ah, the rat race. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Been meaning to email the show for 25 years now. Wow, just got around to it. Right, yes. Sounds like me. Uh, long-time listener Hubby and I caught the show on the way to 
fishing uh, years ago. Hard to fish after laughing so much. Moved to Washington State, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, oh, that reminds me. Um, and it's really, it's a, it's a lovely note about all sorts of things we've discussed on the show, including uh, mental illness, uh, the autism spectrum, OCD, all sorts of stuff. And, um, uh, and, and thank you for the note there, S. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, which reminds me, I meant to say we have received, not surprisingly, about a zillion emails, Jack, about your current uh, struggles, and uh, and they are uh, almost uniformly beautiful and humbling in that y'all care so much. And I will I will pass them on uh, to Jack. Um, there was one glowing, not glowing, glaring exception. So my emails are getting through. (laughs) It was idiotic to the point of being amazing. Well, that was probably a troll, right? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, it wasn't trolling. It was just idiotic. It was, it was, I I would love to read it to y'all. I truly would. But that person absolutely should not be encouraged. So strange. Moving along. My wife pointed out to me or might be disinclined to give up masking. As inconvenient as it is to wear a mask, it's considerably less convenient to spend 15 minutes putting on, brushing up your makeup, just mm. to spend 10 minutes walking the dog or whatnot. Um, I just, I'm married to a woman who would never do that, so it's hard for me to relate to. But um, And I also read uh, somebody saying they found masking to be kind of a social relief. People can't see their faces uh, or, or something. And, and I just I, I didn't read the article. I have had recent experiences of people that I've known for months seeing them without their mask for the first time. And it's weird for your brain because your brain had kind of filled in an assumption of what they looked like. Hmm. And they look completely different. And it's weird. You're the person I've been talking to you for months like I, I don't I have no idea what my what my son's teacher looks like. I've met with I see her almost every day when I pick Sam up from school. I've had parent teacher conferences with her. I have no idea what she looks like hmm. until I see her without a mask. Google's search mechanism, like if you type into the bar, whatever it is you're searching on Google, yes, Beagle puppies. You're using something called Bert, and that's been what the standard has been at Google for quite some time now. And it works pretty good. I mean, Google's by far the most popular search engine out there. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always been happy with it. Uh, I hate the fact that it gives me, you know, ads at the top when it knows exactly what I'm looking for. But, you know, you get used mm-hmm. to it. Um, but it's being replaced by Mum this month, a model for complex searches that is 1,000 times more powerful than BERT. And like I said, I think we were all pretty pleased with Bert, but this is a thousand times more powerful. How powerful do I need? So when you start Googling things, you're going to notice a difference, I guess. It gives you a for instance. I don't know if this is a good for instance or not, but this is a for instance they give you. <laughs> uh, below is an example of how mum is used. A question could be asked by the user in the Google bar. Can I use these shoes to hike on Mount Fuji? And you would include a picture of the shoes in the question. No, I wouldn't, because I don't know how. (laughs) Mom would analyze the picture, figure out what the shoes are related to the question of whether or not you want you could hide Mount Fuji in them, answer it, and then redirect you to a suitable site if the boots are not suitable or tell you that your boots are perfectly suitable by providing you with an article that explains why. Hmm. And they say that's a thousand times more powerful than what they currently got. What if I guess because I am a user of the internet and I'm not actually interested in seeing if this works. I'm seeing if uh, how I can break algorithms. I put a pair of boots that are two different boots. 
right? <laughs> like one's a rain galoshes and one's like a, a stripper platform high heel. <laughs> what is the, What do you do now, computer? You might make mum cry. <laughs> You've made your mum cry. <laughs> Again. But uh, so I don't know if you notice your Google searches. I don't know. I don't. My Google searches are never that complicated. It's usually a word I don't know. Teat. How do you spell? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I know where to find that. <clears throat> How do you spell? Yeah, I do a fair amount of that. Yeah, it's ironic that that works. You know, it's like looking up a word in the dictionary that you don't know how to spell. How do you do it? And yet it works. I'm constantly looking up Celsius to Fahrenheit because the only thermometers we have around here to check your temperature are in Celsius, and nobody can figure out how to put them back to Fahrenheit. I don't know how that happened, but I'm a fan of whoever did it. Yeah, somebody (laughs) put the thermometers out here that we're supposed to check ourselves with to Celsius. Like a little forehead ray gun style one? Oh my god, I'm 32. I must be dying. If, If they did it to be a dick, pardon me, then I like them. If they did it because they think it's a superior system, then I hate them. <laughs> it is a superior system, but I was talking to my son about that the other day. He brought up, because uh, they're learning the metric system. And it's so freaking simple. Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's clearly a better idea. There's nothing to memorize, for one thing. Oh, yeah? What's a dozen in the metric system? <laughs> you don't have it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, positive shot. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I came across this column by Ellen Cushing in The Atlantic, and it's uncharacteristically short for The Atlantic, which their articles usually make Moby Book look like a Moby Book. I'm reading while I'm talking. Friggin' idiot. (laughs) Stupid, mushed mouth, tongue-tied jackass more no the negative self-talk that's not good it's not good joe don't quit saying that you're quit doing that you moron you stupid piece of i'm not even gonna say it on the podcast my kids do that and i'm pretty sure they picked it up from me the negative self-talk and it's a bad habit and i'm trying to get them to stop but i need to get them to stop by um well uh correcting them when they do it so they notice it and modeling better because i just i have a habit of doing that and there's all kinds of research that says it's terrible for you. There's Well, there's no advantage to it. But my no. son does that. Man, he'll beat himself up so bad over something minor. I'm like, dude. Yeah, I know. I, and uh, so many of us would never do that to another human being. No, no. And, and not only for compassionate reasons, but, you know, and... Uh, you know, I play a fair amount of golf. I play a fair number of games where you have a partner and... uh the idea that after every bad shot that he hits, you'd berate him? Please, he'd be terrified. He'd fall apart. I mean... God, you suck. Why do you even play? Yeah. You spent all that money on those clubs. Lessons, you can't hit them. And this is the way you play? Imagine saying that to the other guy. But I've heard people say that to themselves. I don't know how yeah. many times in my life. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Then you expect it to get better, yeah. Or coaches who coach that way. They're terrible. Anyway, uh, let me try again. So I came across this piece in the Atlantic. Uh, their articles make Moby Book look like a. D- <laughs> <laughs> now they make Moby Dick look like a comic book. Uh, they're so friggin' long, but this one is remarkably restrained. Uh, but it, 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 the the title, what is the title? Late stage pandemic is messing with your brain. 
And she leads with, uh, she actually said to her boyfriend, what did I used to do on weekends? Like a soap opera amnesiac. I couldn't remember, and he couldn't either. Wow. Since then, I can't stop noticing all the things I'm forgetting. Huh. Sometimes I grasp at a word or a name. Sometimes I walk into the kitchen, find myself bewildered as to why I'm there. And I was thinking, all right, look, you just, you hit 40 or something, sweetheart. <laughs> um. But then I thought, I thought, okay, you're, you're hitting middle age. I don't care. But then she went on to write, uh, other times it's just like someone is taking a chisel to the bedrock of my brain, prying everything loose. I've started keeping a list of questions, remnants of a past life that I now need a beat or two to remember, if I can remember at all. What time do parties end? <laughs> How tall is my boss? What does a bar smell like? Are babies heavy? Does my, depends. <laughs> Does my dentist have a mustache? Uh, on what street was that? You wonder if your dentist has a mustache. You can remove that one from the list of questions you need answers to. Yeah, don't worry about it. And I think you'll adjust to the height of your boss pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. But some of this I could relate to. What was the street that <laughs> lifts are sang- nine feet tall or about a foot Whoa. tall? <laughs> you'll be okay. Oh, that's right. My dentist has a Fu Manchu and he's... Has the meth stash. He wears a a leather vest with no shirt under it. Oh, that's That's right. right. My boss is about the size of a footstool. I'd forgotten. He's got a Hitler stash. (laughs) I can't lift this baby. (laughs) Baby's like a bushel of uranium. What does it weigh? 500 pounds? Uh, Let's see. On what street was the good sandwich place near work? The one that toasted its bread. Four. How much does a movie popcorn cost? Too much. What do people talk about when they don't have a global disaster to talk about all Mm. the time? You have to wear the high heels the whole night? (laughs) (laughs) It's a funny thing for a woman to say. It's more baffling than distressing most of the time. She seems to think that there's something about pandemic life that has made us less sharp. And kind of more hazy about everything. I, when I hear people talk about this stuff, I feel like their pandemic has been different than mine. Mine, mine has yes. not been that much different than my regular life. Aside from a couple of vacations, um, I've been going to work every day and dropping my kid off at school and picking them up, going to the grocery <laughs> store. Pretty much the same thing I was doing before. Whereas yeah. I know, I know some people whose lives have been radically different. They were people that went out a lot, traveled a lot, and they've been in their home for a year. Here's a, here are a couple of for instances. Everywhere I turn, the fog of forgetting has crept in. A friend of mine recently confessed that the morning routine he'd comfortably maintained for a decade, wake up before seven, shower, dress, get on the subway, now feels unimaginable on a literal level. He cannot put himself back there. He can't imagine it. Hmm. Another has forgotten how to tie a tie. A coworker isn't sure her toddler rem- remembers what it's like to go shopping in a store. That's like, funny. I, yeah, how I would have you, never. How have you avoided stores? I haven't done. I don't think a single less trip to the grocery store than I would have if there hadn't been COVID. No, I remember in the early, uh, uh, really paranoid days of thinking, "Oh man, do I even want to go there?" But once it, but became I still clear had that, to. I had to have food. Yeah, yeah. How have you avoided going to the store anyway? The comedian Kylie Brakeman made a joke video of herself attempting to recall pre-pandemic life, which I should have grabbed, honestly, for the podcast. Uh, the mania flashing across her face. You know what I miss is like those night restaurants that serve alcohol. What were those called? <laughs> 
And there were those, like, big men outside who would check your credit card to make sure you were 41. (laughs) (laughs) Big men who would check your credit card to make sure you were 41. (laughs) That's pretty good writing. No, my no, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I have a feeling she's a New Yorker. Mm. Um, yeah, and even if that was your early life, um, or the early part of your COVID life, I don't understand why you'd be sticking with that. Fleeting encounters with somebody isn't going to give it to you anyway. You're not going to get it from the shopping cart. Uh, let's see, Mikey Asa. A neuroscientist at UC Irvine said, we're all walking around with some mild cognitive impairment. Based on everything we know about the brain, two of the things that are really good for it are physical activity and novelty. A thing that's very bad for it is chronic and perpetual stress. Mm. Living through a pandemic, uh, even for those who are doing so in relative comfort, quote, is exposing people to microdoses of unpredictable stress all the time. His research has shown that stress changes the brain regions that control executive functioning, learning, and memory. So, yeah, my life hasn't changed that much, but the 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 it, it lurks like a cloud. The stress of the COVID, uh, the sameness wears me out. Definitely the sameness, the the wow. lack of vacations, and uh, you know a, a radically different weekend here or there. The sameness I find tiring. Yeah, how about this? The, the very next sentence in the article, uh, article, that stress doesn't necessarily feel like a panic attack or a bender or a sleepless night. Sometimes it feels like nothing at all. It's like a heaviness, like you're waking up to more of the same and it's never going to change. Hmm. Like wading through something thicker than water. I had that feeling a couple months ago. Uh, the fact that the, we can see the finish line now has like reinvigorated me for some reason. Let's see. A psych professor at McGill University in uh, Montreal said, there's so much going on. It could be the stress. It could be the grief. could be the boredom. could be the depression. Sounds pretty grim, doesn't it? <laughs> Sean and I were talking the other day for introverts like ourselves. There was a certain amount of the social stuff that I was able to avoid or get out of or never got asked to over the last year that I'm not going to enjoy coming back. I mean, yeah, uh, just not not a lot, but, you know, there are, there are a few kids' birthday parties or a variety of things that I didn't have to do that I'm not looking forward to doing again. But, you know, such is life. I'm an introvert. Yeah, yeah. And there are some things I know that I am uncomfortable with, but I'm glad they happen. That's most social gatherings to me. Like, I I have this weird... Oh man, do I really want to do this? It, 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 running through my Rolodex, is there an easy excuse for me not to do this? Like I hate business lunches. Mm-hmm. The fact that we couldn't have them didn't bother me a bit. <laughs> but, we get it over with in a fifteen-minute Zoom call. But for most of the things, once I actually get to these things and I make eye contact with my first friend or something, I'm oh, I'm so glad I did this stuff. It's a it's a weird thing that I constantly have to fight with myself about. Yeah, well, you're in a room full of people like that. So that poor woman who doesn't remember what a baby weighs—that's got much. <laughs> I mean, you might accidentally like go to pick one up and hurl it in the air because you expect it to be 60 pounds. Somebody catch it. Right, exactly. You know what I'm going to miss, guys, is that the restrooms are always empty right yeah. now. Oh, amen, brother. Huh? Anyway. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my sense of- 
didn't we invent a new featurette uh, where we cleaning out the sound fridge? Or <laughs> what we what we call it? Cleaning. I, I think it, it was fridge related. I remember that. <laughs> cleaning out the sound refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. Cleaning out the sound fridge. What's our first sound, Sean? <laughs> So, so this is an internet user. Yeah, what we have here is an internet user um, describing uh, a, a list of things that he does not understand. Here is a list of things I simply do not understand. Number one, what makes something edible? Like, why can I go eat an apple, but if I was in the mood to go outside and eat a lamppost for dinner, like, I can't do that. What is the reason? <laughs> Number two, anything to do with a wireless device. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, AirDrop. None of it makes sense. If I had a gun to my head and they told me to give them a three-sentence-long summary on Wi-Fi, how it works, literally anything about it, pull the trigger. I'm gone. Number three, <laughs> bulletproof glass. You're telling me glass is stopping a bullet? You will never catch me standing behind bulletproof glass and trusting it? No, no. Number four, a camera. I literally can't sit here and think about how a camera works too long because it, like, stresses me out. Nope, 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 nope. Number five, how planes can fly. Don't even try to give me an explanation. I don't want to know. Can I get on a plane and I'm like, with God's grace, anything is possible. Six, why baby animals know what to do? Like, they pop out of the womb and they're like, okay, let's get to it. I wasn't a functioning human until I was like 17, so. <laughs> and like Monty Python figured out back in the day, many great TikToks, they just end uh, yeah. arbitrarily. Yeah, you, yeah, don't have to, yeah. you don't have to figure out an exit. You don't need an ending. Um, so, anyway, that's it. <laughs> the one I agreed with the most is I couldn't do three sentences on how Wi-Fi works. I, I know I couldn't. You're telling me glass is going to stop a bullet? <laughs> See, well, I, I just I, found the that other guy ones, to be a moron. <laughs> the other I ones just... made sense to me. I couldn't explain Wi-Fi. I can understand why you don't eat a lamppost as opposed to a banana. Well, I understand that you can't eat a lamppost, but I think is what makes a thing edible, I think, is an interesting oh, premise. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it its density? No. Whether you can eat it or not makes it. I suppose you know. everything's been attempted to be eaten when people were hungry enough. Nope. Turns out you can't eat wood. I tried it. <laughs> and, I know uh, they're thinking it, so I'm going to say it. Jack, you said you'd eat your truck. I there did. you go. You can't there eat you. a truck. <laughs> it would kill you. It would kill you. Exactly. So the next piece from the sound fridge, this one tucked behind the uh, half-empty mustard Cleaning jar. The sound fridge! What? Uh, this, this one located <laughs> behind the, uh, <laughs> the mustard jar. Uh, we have Ethan Hawke making uh, an argument in defense of art slash poetry. Most people don't spend a lot of time thinking about poetry, right? They have a life to live, and they're not really that concerned with Allen Ginsberg's poems or anybody's poems until... Their father dies. They go to a funeral. You lose a child. Um, somebody breaks your heart. They don't love you anymore. And all of a sudden, you're desperate for making sense out of this life. And has anybody ever felt this bad before? How did they come out of this cloud? Or the inverse, something great. Um, you meet somebody and your heart explodes. You love them so much you can't even see straight. You know, you're dizzy. Did anybody feel like this before? What is happening to me? And that's when art's not a luxury. It's actually sustenance. We need it. That is that's pretty nice. good. That is pretty darn good right there. Oh, what a feeling. Dancing on the ceiling, for instance. Lionel Richie beautifully captured that <laughs> feeling of elation. 
<laughs> I uh, will now, because I do a lot of um, uh, fact-based stuff, you know, on this show. I read a lot of nonfiction, read a lot of newspaper articles. I'm in the world of, the, of just, you know, whatever the opposite of art is. What's the opposite of art? Science. Never thought about that before. Fact, I guess. The opposite of art. I don't know how I would define Whatever art. the view is. <laughs> I don't know how I would define art and then so the opposite of it. But anyway, I feel like I live in the opposite of art most of the time. And then I'll build up like a craving, a hunger for it. Mm-hmm. Or I just, I need to read a, a, a novel or listen to jazz or write a, watch a complicated movie. I have like a hunger for it. I don't know if that happens with other people. Does that happen with you? Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I have a uh, one of my favorite albums of all time, which I won't distract by naming it because that. Hey, Mickey, that. you're so fine. You so far my my mind. Hey, Mickey. You, you hey, know Mickey. me. You know me Tony better Basil. than I know myself. That's right. No, it's it's it is an open-hearted and entirely emotional piece of music. It is not. It is all about vulnerability and 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 love and fear and longing and there. And yeah, I threw it on the other day and realized in the midst of between the COVID and the Trump era and the election and the giant one point nine trillion dollars porculus, I just needed that other side of the brain. Is that I hadn't what realized it is? how much I'd crave it. I wonder if that's what it is. I wonder, you know, the left brain, right brain thing. I'm only stimulating the one side of my brain. Uh, and not the other side. And the other side saying, hey, over here, you can use a little something. A little emotional which stimulation is, or something? Yeah, yeah, which is, interestingly enough, the topic of one of my other favorite albums of all time, Rush's Hemispheres, plays Dig It Today. Hmm. All about love and reason. But that was probably the, the most for balance, my friends. Balance. succinct, effective argument that I've heard on why art, and he was talking about poetry mostly, but why mm-hmm. art matters. I, I thought that was beautiful. I love that. There is some poetry I really, really, really like, but most of it I don't get, and I just have to recognize that I'm not built for it. I, do, I just don't get it. It's I've not tried. your flavor. Huh? It's not your flavor. I just try. I mean, I can try. I understand what the words mean. It's just nothing lands on me. There's a couple of them that I really like, um, and I've read over and over again, but, man, I just... And like Tim, we had Tim the Lawyer on our radio show today, Tim Sandifer. He's an actual poet. Published poet or poet, published poet. He got something into one of your poetry magazines not long ago, so now he's a published poet. But really uh, good too. I like it. It's 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 beautiful. Does he do to haikus? the extent that I can appreciate? He does a lot of haikus. Limericks. He loves the limericks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything's we're got cleaning our- out the sound fridge. What? <laughs> I think we're done cleaning out the sound fridge. No, I want to hear clip number three. Play that for me, Sean. Would you? Someone who's been vaccinated for COVID, so we don't have to. <laughs> I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I mean, I'm open to all age, all color. Those for me, those things are just, you know, details. That's uh, wackadoo Susan Sarandon saying she'll date anyone as long as they're vaccinated. Is she one of those people that has been hunkered down in an apartment during the entire pandemic thinking you can't see another human being or leave your house? And so now she's waiting for some uh, physical companionship with somebody who's had the vaccine? Well, given the fact that... (laughs) <laughs> Most people uh, who 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 have lived like that are are pretty far left. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. All I know is she's hot in Bull Durham. By golly, forty years ago, thirty five. Yeah, she's seventy four now. Lovely gal. She's Joe Biden's age for crying out loud. <laughs> Try to keep your lust in check. I'm picturing her in Bull Durham. 
Let me pick. Shh, I'm picturing her. So is the sound fridge now clean, cleared out? How old uh, is this mustard? What's the date on this? Uh, mustard doesn't mustard. go bad. 2006. Can you eat mustard from 2006? We're about to find out. <laughs> Are we going to bring back clip number two tomorrow, probably, uh, Michael? Eh, probably not. Bean dip expires. <laughs> go ahead. I'm spending 24 hours in this tub of bean dip. I personally believe that small businesses are the backbone of the nation. I believe that it is our duty to support them. And I just think if we can do that in a, a fun way and in a way that encourages other people to um, you know, bring some excitement to the small businesses as well, I think is really, really helpful. And so I think now is the best time to do it. Way to take your I need to sit in bean dip fetish and figure out a way a reason to do it. That sounds somewhat justifiable. I'm raising money for small businesses. Yeah, that's why I'm sitting in a tub full of bean dip. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I kinda like the way it feels on my junk. <laughs> Michael, do you have the uh, theme music ready? I sure we do. We just cleaned out the sound fridge. Oh, that's gross. Oh, that is really gross. Armstrong and Getty.